Welcome back to another episode of No More Chaos with Kat and Morgan. I'm Kat. And I'm Morgan. And we're the co-founders of Clear Accessories brand C-Clear. How was your week, Morgana? Guys, my week was actually pretty good. <laughs> no, guys, it was re- guys it was- <laughs> full transparency, she's prepared for this question because we got feedback last week that Morgan doesn't sound prepared with this question and she needs to sound more interesting. So she's been awkward now because Morgan gets awkward when she prepares. Yeah, I just feel uncomfortable. No, my week was really good. My mum came down to Sydney this week and saw my new apartment. So it was like really nice and work was a bit crazy, but... How does your mum feel now seeing you in by yourself in a new apartment? Oh my God, she was so sweet. She was like, oh, this is so nice. The bedroom is like such a big size. Uh, and like she was really, then she messaged me and she left and she goes, I'm really happy for you. Oh, that's yeah. so nice. Yeah, it was really nice. And she loved the, um, oh, so just, I lived in Bondi Junction and now I'm living in Double Bay with my friend's brother. <laughs> and I just have to say my Wait. friend's brother. <laughs> Let's give some people some background. So Morgan lives with a guy called Ben. And it's, Hi, our, ben. it's our mutual friend Emily's brother. Mm. He's what, 24? Tw- Is he 24? He's 25. Oh, okay. So he's like, almost like a little brother to you. Yeah. Yes. And how do you find that? It's actually really fun. So you've gone from being married to living yeah. with a 24-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> Sydney. Little brother. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It's quite humbling. Is this where we've you think gone, you'd be at 34? Not at all. <laughs> we've gone back to the bullying like each week, you know, when I used to live with my, my brother and sister back at home. But that was my week and it was really, really nice. Well, that's nice. How was yours, Kat? My week was good. It was very uneventful. I feel like I've just been chained to my laptop mm. because I am still talent a talent agent. <laughs> Kat has been sending some late emails this week on C-Clear because she has been so busy during the day doing... Yeah, it's been a lot. But it's it's fine. It's I've, I feel like this week I found my groove more mm. with both businesses and we're making it work and there's an end point. What was your calm and chaos this week? My calm was definitely just hanging out with my mum. That was awesome and just having some calmness in my life. But that my chaos though, I don't know what I did. I kept double booking everything. Oh, like, yeah. We had a dinner set for Wednesday night and I was, Morgan's like, sorry, didn't know. Yeah, I. it was in my diary too. I'm really funny about putting things in my calendar. But for some reason... You need to fix the calendar issue. I know. I don't know what happened. I just double booked work stuff, personal stuff, everything. Everything fucked up from Monday to Friday. It was just horrendous okay but also have to say on my calm all my bank accounts are sorted obviously if you listened to last Thank week God. I was getting hacked constantly but now all my direct debits are done I have money I'm okay <laughs> I can buy a coffee I'm okay so that's me good for you yeah doll. what was yours like my calm I think was that I didn't really have anything on this week so I was mm. able to like get on top of work like stick to a routine that type of stuff Chaos is this might be too much information. It probably isn't though. Oh no, yeah. Is that what I keep are you doing? having these like <laughs> reoccurring stomach pains like on my left side? Did you go to the doctor? Yeah, I went to the doctor and he was like, Oh, I think you were sick and your spleen is maybe just like enlarged because like your immunities, your body's trying to fight off the virus or whatever. But then it's like now it's like going to my back. I don't know what it is. Is this the same doctor that always makes you get blood tests? Oh, yeah, he does make me get it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm doing another blood test <laughs> yeah. in two weeks. Cat's always <laughs> but that's like... with my Cairo. Yeah, there's so many, she has so many medical staff around her. <laughs> I'm all weird. about my wellness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's not ideal. Hopefully it's nothing too serious. Oh, don't put that into the universe, Morgan. Just do thoughts and prayers. Okay. Yep. Morgan just did the sign of the cross for anyone listening. With the wrong hand too. <laughs> 
So this week we're going to talk about our factory and product development and everything that goes on behind the scenes to do with that. We had someone write in asking for more detail around mm. all of that. They were really excited that we finally found our factory. Very positive. So we thought that we would focus this week on that topic. Mm. I mean, it's been a very hard process and big thing, a big part of the business to learn because, you know, like we've said before, Kat and I aren't product designers as such like we know what we like and like what we don't like but we didn't necessarily even know how to start with a sampling process when we found the new factory as we said it started on an a4 sheet of paper and now we're doing proper tech packs so when we first started the business we had worked with a sourcing agency and we were with them for about three years do you think because mm, we did two years prior to launch and yeah. then our first year we were still still with them yeah so with that sourcing agency for a few years at the start of Clear, we had I think we did like two separate factory changeovers during that process um, due to the pandemic we had to change factories then in the past I'd say 12 months of the business we have grown quite quickly but we've also we're also having to be quite strategic with you know, a number of products we're going to be ordering, mm. inventory management, that type of stuff. And what ended up happening was that the sourcing agency that we were with, they no longer could service our requirements. Mm. And so it was just a mutual decision um, to separate from them. And we ended up taking the factory internal. However, when we decided to <laughs> separate from them, it was quite um, chaotic. Chaotic. There was no plan. And, and it was, was a big separation. Guys, I'm going to be real with you. We literally, I decided the morning of and I was like, we're yeah. leaving. <laughs> we need to take this into our own hands because truthfully, we weren't going to, nothing was going to happen whether we stayed or whether we went. So that was the decision. We honestly did not have a factory lined up. No. I was just like, we're going to figure this out. <laughs> we can't be the first people in Australia who need to find a factory. Yeah. We can do this. But we also, from being with them for a little bit, we understood the process of how what we needed to do from a sampling perspective and, you know, for full transparency, we left because we wanted more control over the product that we were sending out and how we wanted it to be from end to end. Yeah, I think when you have anyone in between you and the, the factory, let's just use mm. that example, mm -hmm. you don't have as much as control, you know, they're not going to care as much as you are about yep. little tiny details yep. and we're very OCD with that type of stuff, particularly because our products are clear. You can literally see, see everything. everything. Mm. You can see every little stitch. Like mm -hmm. everything needs to be perfect. So we wanted to bring that level of control in as well. And also we're not a brand and if you're listening, you, you haven't worked in the back end of this before. With factories, they use what's called an MOQ, which is your minimum quantity order. And because we're an accessories brand, it's very rare for us to order over 500 units per mm. product. Because we're not a seasonal-based product, we don't have a shelf life like a fashion brand might or a beauty product essentially. Exactly. And so when you have inventory sitting in your warehouse, you're essentially losing money and mm -hmm. it's costing you for it to sit there. Mm. So you're obviously not going to order heaps of quantities yeah. if you know you're not going to sell them in x period of time mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so that was another reason why we took the factory internals because we wanted control over the moqs mm -hmm. as well we did have a factory and we started getting <laughs> samples from them this factory was from our previous relationship with the sourcing agency and the sampling was not great they just weren't really understanding it was weird the material. Like, it was very it, weird yeah. the, the, and i was getting very nervous because i was like fuck they're not meeting yeah. what, what we, we need. need by a certain time frame yeah and we were running low on stock 
we were running so low in stock. Yeah. Cash flow was starting to like dwindle. Drought. We're in like <laughs> we're in the drought. And I remember it so vividly. I was going to sleep one night and I just I felt so sick because I was like, oh my God, I don't know what we're gonna do. Mm. Like it was the first time with C Clear where I was like real doubt. Shit, I don't know what we're gonna do. Yeah. And I didn't tell you because I didn't want to worry you. But I also felt because I led that side of the business the responsibility was mm. on me it was on my shoulders like I need I needed to fix it so I went to bed and I was like fuck I'm so like I feel sick about this like, I don't know what we're gonna do like I don't know how the fuck to find a factory like all that type of stuff I swear to god guys I went to sleep and I was like you know what the universe has your back oh my god no I said be, this I was be. like the yeah. universe has your back whatever is meant to be is gonna be you can't control this situation no Something is if this is if C clear is meant to work how you believe it's meant to work, mm. it's it's gonna work. And then what happened? I swear to God, <laughs> I shit you not. Two days later, Kat's smiling because she's very happy. My gal Kelly. Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> so guys, Kelly is a she. I guess she's like a sales agent mm-hmm. um, for this factory in China. So we get our um, products produced in China. She just cold emailed me mm. and was like hey cat like this is our factory we produce we, we specialize in we specialize in pvc that was it yeah we specialize and she in had PVC. references and things. she fully had references yeah. website everything and i was like nah this is too good to be true <laughs> and i sent it to a friend of mine and i was like do you think this is legit and she was like you know what get her to make a sample mm. and let's just see mm. and i was like all right fuck it it'd be like 300 dollar loss who cares let's do it mm. So we got Kelly, I sent her through the tech packs and stuff like that. Immediately she was responding and was like, she knew like every technical detail. Yeah. She was giving me advice. She was like, she was on it. I was yeah. like, oh my God, this might and be straight legit. Away. Yeah, yeah, straight away. Yeah. So we got her to do the samples and she turned them around within like two week period. Mm. They were with us and they were legit. And I was like, oh my God, Kelly has just saved a sea clear. <laughs> she she has no idea. We're actually yeah. going to plan a trip later this year to go see her and she doesn't know how much, like we're so excited about this. But I do think, do you think we could have done that off the back of like having experience for the first year in sea clear or do you think no. we could have, yeah. No, I think that we, I, I believe that we needed the sourcing agency for as long as we needed them mm. for. And they definitely helped us launch and get off the ground and they served their purpose for that point in time. However, I just think that they could no longer service us and we could no longer service them. No, no. And so taking the factory in-house just made the most sense. Yeah. So, guys... Especially with our background, like I want to, like... Oh, yeah, we have no no product background. So in terms of finding the factory, I guess you could say the factory found us amazing <laughs> thank fuck because we had no and idea and that's what how we, were we doing. landed yeah that's how we landed our factory but i have spoken to people in market who own their own businesses and they found their factories just on alibaba which or i don't know how because our first year when we started researching that's what we were looking into yeah, but I, don't I don't think understand. we knew that you could contact them i don't think we knew that you could get them to make things custom like i don't think we knew any of that yeah no it was i found it very difficult at the start yeah to do that so you can go on alibaba you can ask around you can even go to China yourself and there's mm. like a, there's different districts with different mm. factories. You can do all that type of stuff. In terms of design and production lead times, do you want to talk to that? Oh my God. Okay. So I, my background is like retail fashion. So my, I guess, timelines, we have like a critical path. So 
I have like, I had an understanding of what that was going to be. I didn't know how we were going to, I guess, introduce that into an accessories brand. But I did know that we needed X amount of time. So say like three months for like idea to product fruition to the site. At the moment, it's a lot harder because we've got, you know, the issues with shipping and freight. So we've launched a business during COVID, a pandemic, and, you know, everything has taken a lot longer. But I would say like when we get a sample made to when it can be on shelf, minimum three months, like minimum. And the process, I think we go through two sample processes. So we'll design, get a sample, send our feedback, get a second sample in an idealistic world. That's perfect. But even from like research and development, so when Morgan, oh, I would say wanna, six months then. Yeah, but yeah. Do you want to tell the people? Sorry, guys, I have to keep telling Morgan. No, because I don't like more <laughs> on what she's saying. You should see our faces right now. She's giving me a dirty because yeah. she's like, "Shut up! Why do you keep asking me more questions?" <laughs> so true. Why don't you run everyone through the but process like, from like when we have an idea? I hope you can see us because we're both putting our hands up. We're about to get clappy. Uh, yeah, go. <laughs> run everyone through when you have an idea to what that process looks oh, like. Oh, yeah. So, but I'm constantly pinning on Pinterest. So, I, I mean, people would do like design forums. Okay. Also, I'm going to go on a tangent for one second. Oh, what are you God. looking at? Nothing. <laughs> go on with your tangent. Okay, no, it's a good. Okay. So, no, I would say I'm doing like product research, creating mood boards, figuring out what like trends, you know, where we want to follow in a sense of color palette, which will probably be a month process. Then pitching to Catherine <laughs> on like the wide and wild and wacky ideas, and she gives me feedback. And then from there, we start sketching or start researching specs and sizes, and then creating a tech pack and getting the samples made. Yeah, correct. We also have a conversation around what the consumer wants. We also talk about... Kat has a really good commercial mindset, I would say. We also talk about where, you know, what, when it's going to drop. So, like, if we're designing for end of this year, let's say, so summer in Australia, we think about what what products would people use, what would they buy, what colours match that season... All that type of stuff yeah. goes into it as well. Yeah. And I also think it's like what the, what we're missing comes into a lot because we're a young brand and we still have to really be designing for what we want to wear, what we want to use, what, what the gaps in our lives are as mm-hmm. well. And then once Morgan does the tech packs, I then send it off to Kelly and Kelly and I go back and forward on... (laughs) Love Kelly. Kelly and I go back and forward on, you know, if she needs me to make something more clear or like specified or whatever it might Mm. be. We talk Mm. about different materials. Like she might come back and say, that's not possible or why don't you do it this way or whatever it might be. So then we align on the tech packs. Then Kelly with her team produces the samples They send the samples to us. That's around about a three-week process, I would say. Mm. We get the samples. Morgan and I then, you know, review them. We use them for a little bit. And then we might send back notes Mm. on those samples or that design might completely change based on the sample that we got. And we're like, this isn't what we thought it was going to be. Yeah, and let me tell you, when we first started doing it, our feedback would be quite loose, I would say. And I, I guess I assumed that they would understand. Now we are so specific with our feedback, taking photos, circling things that what we're talking about clear as possible because obviously every sample it's a cost so -hmm. you want to cut out as much as you can in that expense I would say so now we have like this strict regime I would say when we're looking at samples yeah and then once we you know sign off on what that sample is Kelly and I negotiate the (laughs) unit costs how much it's going to cost us how many MAQs we want to order that type of stuff and then 
Kelly will send over a PPS, which is a pre-production sample, mm-hmm. and that sample will be literally what, what the, the bulk. bulk order is going to be. So mm-hmm. when she sends that, it's going to arrive just as it would arrive in bulk, so packaging, swing tags, everything. Mm-hmm. And then we sign off on that. We're like, yep, good to go. Let's go into bulk. We transfer her the funds and then they Sickening. start bulk. <laughs> And that's about a 35-day period Mm. and then sea shipment takes about 45 days. If we want to air freight units in, that's a 7 to 10-day shipment. Mm. So it just depends on like what stock we're low on, what like what we want to air freight in. Um, Air freight is way more expensive than sea. So that's why we need to be quite... You've got to be very strategic if that's what you need to do. Yeah, and that's why we're always checking like inventory and like when do we need to place an order so we don't run out, all that type of stuff. And then it arrives and it goes through customs, which is another three to five day period, I would say. Do you remember when like, I think it was during the pandemic, when we had a bulk order sitting in customs for such a long time or what happened there? There was like, no, because I didn't, I don't know if I was naive or anything, but like I didn't. Did you make this up? No, we, remember we were like, where where is our stock? And this whole customs process, I thought it literally got delivered to the shore and then it got picked up, but it had to have a clearing. Yeah, so when anything arrives in Australia from international. Yeah, I had no idea yeah, until doing this like process. Yeah, it goes to like Sydney port. Yeah. Then the government's I was like, like. you just pick it up and go. The government's go. like, what the fuck's this? What's in here? <laughs> Do you have all the right, instru- like all the right PDFs and whatever? And then it gets cleared and then it gets shipped to our warehouse. In my mind, I literally thought it'd be cleared within like a day. Yeah. Done. I mean, that's fine. How else? Well, you wouldn't know. You've never Exa- done this before. No, exactly. So that was a huge learning because then I had all my timelines on my end from mm. like, when are we doing like posting on social? When can I shoot? And then that was also, just Also, guys, you have to pay wrong. You have to pay for customs as well. Yeah, There's that was also costs nice. and everything. Oh, that is one thing. Remember those invoices that we were just getting? We're like, what's this? Yeah. They you just to, like hit you. Yeah, you have to pay for everything, guys. It's yeah. a head up as, heads up as well. Um, yeah, then it goes to the warehouse and then the warehouse, that's another, I think one to two week process of them counting the inventory, Mm. putting it away and then they're like, okay, good to go, let's go. It doesn't sound that difficult. When I say it. Yeah. No, it is. Like when you put it out like that, I'm like, oh my God, that's okay. But then like each step, there's like such a big process to it. But you also complicate things. I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah. That's probably why it sounds. (laughs) It's not my my side of the business. I just like can't cope with it. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about in this section? No, I just think it's for me because my side of the business is obviously the creative marketing side. It's just been a really big learning curve on all those processes and steps, especially shipping and freight. Like that was a big, I just, yeah, that was a lot. I've never done this before and now I feel very confident Mm. with the factory and what we need to do and all that type of stuff. But I do think from a business perspective, having the factory managed in-house is definitely a lot better. Yeah. Um, And just seeing the difference in the product and at the level that they're achieving now is like really, really exciting. Yeah. Huge difference. Yes. Huge. Great. Stunning. We've aligned. Okay. Let's move on to our little custom Segment also, I week. just quickly want oh, to add in one little fact. That's interesting. I already no. said to you. Do you have anything else Yeah, to no, but it's a different thing. Not about shipping and freight. Oh Kat is back to leading the podcast because last week she made me do it and I feel so I much. I quite good though. I know, but I feel so much more like at ease right now and just oh, really? like having a nice time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Just feedback. Thank you for doing that. No worries. Okay, the next segment is um, if you guys didn't already know, I assume you probably do, is that <laughs> I am a huge Taylor Swift fan. <laughs> Massive. 
Huge. So because her concert is obviously coming to Australia, the Errors Tour in February that we're going to. That cat had like two laptops, a phone, <laughs> signed up to every pre-sale thing she could possibly be on. I got those tickets. She's obs- she did. Yeah. Great. So I'm just tagging along. <laughs> I thought in the lead up to that. I could educate Morgan on the different errors of Taylor Swift Mm -hmm. and each week we'll pick a different error. Great. So this week I thought that we would pick the reputation error because I feel like it's most relatable Uh. to you in your life. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. Why? (laughs) Because this period for Taylor was like, it was like her comeback period after the Kanye and Kim. I understand where she's going. (laughs) The Kanye and Kim saga, her breakup with Calvin Harris. No one had heard from her in like 12 months. It was like, where is she? What's she she doing? doing? And she was just, you know, looking after her mental health. (laughs) And she was also falling in love at the same time. Now she's broken up with Joe, which is fine. But that reputation is a result. I mean, that reputation, that album is a result of that period. Okay. And I just felt it was in line with, you know, (laughs) you and your current, your era. Because you've just had a divorce, a separation. And I guess first and foremost, are you, I know you're dating, (laughs) but do you want to share anything about your dating life? I'm dating. (laughs) I'm so uncomfortable too here with this. Oh my God. No, I am dating. Yes. Um, It's very fun. Very, I'm very happy. Good. I don't know what she's... I'm looking at Kat like she is going to ask me some questions. Well, you haven't dated in 16 years. I just find it fascinating that the last time you dated was when you were like 18. 18, And now you're 34. Like what's changed? Do you know what? I Confidence. Massive. I think that's what the difference is. And Like I, you have more confidence? Definitely. Even though you probably think I don't really. In what? I'm um, just myself. Guys, do you know Morgan's favourite feature of herself is her back? Yeah, exactly. It's stunning. <laughs> if you go to Morgan's Instagram, Instagram. page, every photo is her fucking back. <laughs> I love it so much. And you know what I asked her one time? I was like, why it's either do you that keep or breaking your back? And she goes, it's, and she goes, full seriousness, it's my best feature. <laughs> it is. <laughs> It is. No, I always wear like backless things as well. Yeah, no, I would say my... Do the guys you date comment on your back? No, which I am not <laughs> happy devastated? about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. We'll get there. Baby steps. Baby steps. Um, no, I don't know. Just my confidence. I know what I like and who I am and I just feel... it's. I just feel different. That's good. I'm, not, yeah. I'm very happy for you. Yeah. Well, you're just like Taylor in her reputation era because Taylor found this like whole new confidence mm. she entered like her sexy girl era before <laughs> reputation she was you know still a bit conservative and like yeah you know conscious of what she was saying and doing all that type of stuff and then reputation she just came out there were swear words in her songs she's oh God, talking about her. like drinking wine she's like oh. pretty much alluding to like having sex like there's one song called dress where the whole song is just about how she bought this sudden dress just for him to take it off Okay, I do not – I need to listen to this. Oh, you're into it. I have not picked up any of this in her songs. Okay. I should make you a sexy girl Taylor list or something. I would love that. Okay, I can do that. I also like to drink wine. (laughs) I also like to swear. Um, Don't you drink wine in the shower? Yes. That was like the biggest thing through my divorce. I would like go in the shower with a glass of wine and just stand under the water. Really? And just think about it? Just a shower wine. (laughs) I don't know if – I feel like people do beer yeah, Should people do do beer in, in the shower. Yeah, but I just took a rosé. Okay. Or a Chardonnay, like a real Australian. <laughs> a Chardonnay. 
in the shower. It really got me through it. That's good. Mm. Well, yeah, so that was Taylor's reputation era. She did no interviews. She wouldn't talk to anyone. She just pretty much was like, this album is going to say everything that I have been wanting to say. This is my comeback. I'm, I don't care anymore. This is like who I am. Is she going to like do her concert? Is mm. it going to be like a lot from one, like what album? It's a mix of everything, right? And it's called the Eras Tour. No, I know. So it's every single era. But it's not like every, every single, single album. No, no, every no, no, single no. song. But yeah. It's every single album. Okay, stunning. Yeah. What's a song on Reputation that I would know? Is this the snake? Yeah, the snake. Do is you know why she has a snake? Kanye? So Kim, during that whole saga. Yeah. Kim tweeted, is it something like, is it National Snake Day or something about like it being International Snake yeah. Day? And she, but then she also said like something like, inter, like snake person or something like that. Something alluding to like Taylor being a snake. Yeah. And that's what triggered Twitter to literally just like go Explode. to Taylor's page <laughs> and like comment snake emojis all over her like post and like just uh. fully bullied her with the snake concept. So that so Taylor was sort of like, okay, I'm gonna use that this girl and make it my own. So that's why she has the famous snake on her stage. Yeah, okay, I'm into her. <laughs> I'm gonna be her. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> and yeah, and during her reputation era, she had this new love. She, yeah, and then she wanted to date him for like six years. It just Ooh. it really became her era of like, I'm I've come into my own. This is who I am. This is what I have to say. And I feel like this is where you're at, hon. Yeah, it is. I'm good. Okay, I'm happy and I'm just going to like, yeah, I think so. I'll do it this week. <laughs> I'll come back with feedback next week when we record. I look forward to it. Yeah. Any yeah. other questions on the reputation era? Um, no. Oh, it's a lot of black and dark oh, colours. Oh, that's so on brand. It's very like moody. It's very like, you know how you get defensive? Yeah. It's a defensive album. Yeah, but that's like, I feel like that's powerful. I quite like that. Oh, you like to be defensive. <laughs> no one you else like likes that. me being defensive but myself. <laughs> no, we're working through that. Um, no, that would be me at the okay. moment. Okay. Well, Stunning. that's your first era knowledge. Great. So your homework is to listen to Reputation this week. Okay, I will. Okay. And I then would... let us know which song you resonated with. Oh, I can't wait. Okay, stunning. Let's move into our community questions. So this is when you guys write in questions that you want myself and Morgan to answer. They can be business, personal, whatever you want them to be. And we pick about four to five to answer each week. Each week, yeah. So the first question is, how do you balance friendship with business? So interesting because I feel like there's no real like way to do it. I just think we're quite honest and Mm -hmm. I, actually, no, I'm going to retract what I'm saying. One thing I think we did from a business perspective, from the very start, we had a like agreement made up and it clearly stipulated. Morgan's referring to a shareholder's agreement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not, some, not some agreement just we just agreement. made up. It's a, it's a legal agreement no. called a shareholder's agreement yeah. between two partners. Two partners. But we did that like upfront. I don't know a lot of my friends that have gone into business um, without an investor, like self-started, just friends just starting a brand that have done that straight away because I don't know, maybe they just didn't think too i'm not sure yeah and look i think that it, I, I think it can be a very uncomfortable topic as well like yeah. you have your friendship and then now you're going to start talking about contracts and money yeah. and yes. responsibilities yes. and who owns what and all that type of stuff but it helped it definitely helped i think it was like okay we're both putting in the exact 
same amount of money to start this business. Mm -hmm. We know what our roles and responsibilities Mm -hmm. are for the business Mm -hmm. and let's make this formalized because you just never know. Like you hear so many business partners where they started off as friends and then they had a falling out and then shit hit the fan and became ugly and all that type of stuff. And, you know... We wanted to protect our friendship. We wanted to protect our friendship but also ourselves. Like at the end of the day, this is a business. We definitely have each other's best interests but we also have our own best interests Mm. and that's totally fine. Mm. I will like what was so funny that always that tidbit from that contract it was so funny so when you do a shareholders agreement you obviously have your lawyer involved and it's a pretty stock standard agreement but you might want to revise some of it or make it your own essentially. I have no idea what you're about to say. (laughs) And it was so funny because there was a clause in the contract that pretty much says (laughs) so the clause says like touch wood I'm not putting this out to the universe if you're listening to me I'm not putting this out to you but there's a clause in there that says (laughs) if something were to happen to myself or Morgan where we could not be involved in the business or run the business so you know if we got severely ill if we were really injured we could no longer work on the business if one of us died whatever it might Mm. be where would those shares (laughs) so where would those shares go like who's the next person to have those shares so you can nominate like okay um i'm gonna give 50 percent of my shares to morgan and she's then gonna own 100 percent of the business or you can say no if something happens to me i'm gonna give those shares to x y and z (laughs) at the time when we did this shareholder agreement i was not in a relationship i'm still not in a relationship but at that time i was not in a relationship and I was like, well, I don't have like a husband to give them mm. to. I don't have any children to pass it down to. The next, <laughs> the next of kin would be my brothers. So I have an older and younger brother. And so I said, okay, I'll give the 50% to my two brothers and that's who it will go to if anything were to happen. My God. <laughs> Honestly. Morgan called me like a day later. But it was a very good question by you. So you should be very proud of this because I didn't think of it. And Morgan said essentially... You know, if your shares were to go to your brothers, that means that they would have equal rights to the business, so equal say on everything to do with the business. And what that kind of did is it puts Morgan as a founder on the same level as Mm, non-founders. So people who, you know, don't know the ins and outs of the business or the brand or all that type Mm. of stuff. And it was a good good pickup by her and we agreed that if that were to happen, what would happen is – Morgan's shares would go to 51% mm-hmm. and my brothers would have 49%. And what that does is it allows one of the founders of the business to still have majority share yeah. of the business. And yeah, it just like leaves in mm. safe hands. Mm. So that was a really good pickup by you. Because um, I was like, I cannot go up against two boy Moseses. <laughs> I was like, that is if you think not, I'm bad. I was like, <laughs> I, I know what's going to happen here. Yeah. I was like, I can't speak loudly anyway. Yeah, But, but I yeah. think it's a credit to our friendship that yeah. you even felt comfortable 100%. To, bring, to bring that up, to have that conversation. And I think that the way we we balance our friendship and business is that when we're hanging out as friends, we're not, we're literally not talking about C-Clear. It is mm. like friends, we're talking, we're doing friend stuff, personal, all mm. that type of stuff. And then we actually have designated like C-Clear meeting times to talk about C-Clear. And you have to be strict about that though. Otherwise I think it can like all fall apart in a sense of the boundaries and not knowing the difference. Did you want to add anything else to that? No, because I think that being upfront straight away with what you require from the agreement and partnership is the best way to be. The next question is, what are your top three products you repeatedly buy? 
The top three things would definitely be I'm obsessed with this lipstick from MAC Cosmetics called Cherish. Like must Oh, have. you love Cherish. I am obsessed with it I so hate much. Cherish. I know, but I don't think – I think it's better on my skin tone. Mm. Then obviously my cleanser from Ultraceuticals and then a brow Morgan's gel. Morgan's been using that cleanser since I, I think not, we met. I will not fa- I will not change. Yeah. What nah. was your third one? The brow gel? The brow gel, yeah. Which one? Oh, sorry, guys. Yeah, the 24-hour setter from Benefit. <laughs> I'm really obsessed with my brows. Like I will get up at like 4 eight, 4.30 or something, go to the gym at 5 and put my brows on. No, guys. <laughs> yeah, so have to have guys, those three every things. every single morning Morgan would do her brows. I'm talking if she has like a 5 a.m. run or a gym session, yeah. whatever it is. Morgan is like she's in the fucking military. So she'll wake <laughs> up at 4.30 She'll shower. She'll put her it's brows on. It's weird to me on. that people don't shower before you train. Like, wake up. You've just been sweating in bed. But you're about to go sweat. Yeah, but you got to – it's different, like, just clean. It's different sweat. It's, it's just – So, anyway, mm. it takes her 20 minutes to put her brows on and then <laughs> she goes and works out. Then she comes home, has another shower. Yeah. Washes the brows off, then reapplies the brows. And then I go to work. But even when we travel together and we wake up <laughs> – she will not let me look at her until she goes and puts her brows on. So she'll literally get up, like run to the bathroom, put her brows on, then come back out as if she's just woken up like that. I'm not kidding yet, but I can't do it any other way. I feel very uncomfortable. I love I, when my brows, it's like I need to do that. Okay. No, but like you it's not just put a brow me. Like, why do you care if I can't see your brows? Because it's weird. Just let me do my brows. Okay. It doesn't affect you. Okay, sure. Yeah. Well, what are your three? My three. <laughs> That I repeatedly buy? Yeah, have to. Yeah. Like the NARS Creamy Concealer. Really? Yeah. My favourite. The Tom Ford Shade and Illuminate Palette. Oh, fuck. That's good. Like I can't live without that thing. And then third Shit. would be probably the Benefit Brow Pencil. Anyway. What's been the most formative job you've been in when you were working your way up and what did you learn? Oh, my God. Okay, mine's going to be very – you probably won't expect this. So I used to work at a company called Sheridan, bed linen. Mm, yeah. The sheets. The sheets. I sleep on them. Oh, gorgeous. In the Abbotson linen. I don't know what it is. Oh, they're really nice. Um, <laughs> the Abbotson I love those sheets. No, so Sheridan was one of the best companies to work for in a sense. They're a global brand. So you've got the US, UK and Asian market with the Australia. They had offices obviously in Sydney, but it's probably where I learned the most – it was the most informative. So what did you learn? Again, I'm not answering quick enough for Catherine. No, it's over not here. quick enough. It's, I feel like that was the end of your answer. Honestly, I was still like, no, I probably just learned how to manage time from a creative perspective and design for different markets and work within a wider team from a global mindset rather than just regional, national. That's a good answer. I like that. Mm. Mine was um, when I worked at SBS as a sales coordinator. Oh, my God, I forget you worked there. Mm. I just learnt the importance of sales, yeah. relationship building, networking skills, how to make a sale essentially. Mm. And I just think that I personally think that people would argue it's marketing. I personally think that sales is just the one skill set that can be like you can you can use it anywhere. Mm. I agree. Do you know what's really interesting? Both of the things that we've just spoken to, we that were our re- like our first few jobs. Because was that yeah. your first job? SBS? Yeah. Yes. Or your second? Yeah, okay. Sheridan yeah. was my second. What and it's your, probably where I learned the most. What was your first job? Menning Cartel. Oh, yeah, that's right. Do we want to give them a clue on the next drop? Like it's coming soon. <laughs> that's your clue? That it's coming soon? Um, okay, do you know what? It's going to be very unexpected from me. 
obviously. Because okay. I am monotone. I don't know if that's a clue. Okay, so you've pretty much just given the clue that it's going to be a colour. Yeah. Okay, that's the clue. It's a colour. Why do you look I so... I don't know. I'm like, I don't want to say anything else. Oh, my God. Okay, that's the answer, I, guys. Just, just to give you a bit of context, I have basically, like, to the wider Seekly team, been very strict on, I don't... I just want to drop this product. I don't want to tease what it is, like... No, we're not doing that. Yes, we are. We just agreed when you walked out of the marketing meeting before. What did you agree to? That we're not going to, like, tease what it is. Well, you're going to drop it. Yeah. Did you listen? I wasn't there, obviously. Yeah. Interesting. We'll, we'll talk, talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> Last question. If you could get a celebrity endorsement or dream collaboration for C Clear, what would it be? Or I'm going to need be? you to answer that first because I don't know the celebrity. Maybe. Oh. No, it can be a dream collab with the brand. Oh, I would love to do a either a Qantas collab, like for their like um, those little packs on board mm-hmm. or a luggage brand. Okay. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Yeah, I like agree. Samsonite or something. I agree. I think celebrity. celebrity? Yeah. I think celebrity endorsement. I think I would literally die if Bella Hadid had I like she was the crossbody on. <laughs> no, because I know I do love Taylor, but Taylor's not like a the, the cool girl. fashion girly. Like yeah. Taylor's like Taylor purposely dresses like your everyday gal because it relates to her fan base 100% like she never looks unattainable she never looks unrelatable like it's like oh I could wear that I could look like that whatever whereas like what we're aiming for I just feel like Bella encompasses encapsulates what's the word encompasses anyway I think I feel like Bella is is every like every (laughs) other like girl that we look to as like inspo Bella is like all of them in one I agree I didn't think of her as in like a celebrity stunning she would be amazing. How do we get it to her? Oh, I don't I haven't thought that far ahead. Okay, stunning. I'm sure we'll get there though. Yeah, gorgeous. Okay, guys. Well, that is the episode for this week. We hope you enjoyed it. Can't wait for next. And I'll bring you up to speed on how I understand reputation. Oh yeah, looking forward <laughs> yeah, to it. Can't wait. All right, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.